Yeah. All right. Yeah, two comments to make. First one is, is anybody in here like cross-country runner or track runner? Or, you know, you've done races and stuff like that. So you know when you get up to the starting line and you're like, you get up there and you get ready to start your race and you're like waiting for them to pull the trigger? You're like, okay, okay, we're about to go. Here we go. Here we go. And you're like, oh, no. And all of you who run know this. You're like, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then they pull the trigger and then you got to go. And you're like, no. It makes you run faster because then you can get to the restroom. All that good stuff. And then the second one is, it's actually not as, it's a lot different than I thought it would be standing up here, but you know, um, you're all a lot scarier than I thought you would be, so <laughs> sorry about that too. So, um, yeah, so we got the opportunity to go to Bolivia this summer, which was a very great opportunity with Nathan and Kaylee Kelm, and we came back with a new thought process um, because of I don't know how we thought of missions before and how we think of them now and stuff like that because of their influence on us. And we got to share that with Danny, with Danny, wherever he went. And then he wanted us to share that with you guys. So that's what we're here to do today. So I, when you come back from a mission trip with Grace, they give you, um, Dave Barnhart will give you like a paper or something like that to help you debrief. So there's a couple questions on there that I thought um, would be great to start out with. But before the questions, uh, this is the first time I've ever used PowerPoint, so bear with me. I just wanted to see if it would work. So, yes. Okay. Sweet. All right. Looks like we're on top of things. So. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so. PowerPoint, that stuff is fun. I, I got to figure that out. <laughs> um, so the first question on our sheet of paper is, what was the best thing about your experience going on this mission trip? And I said, uh, getting to know what missions is honestly like. And so then they have a second question, which is, what was the hardest thing about being on the field or on this trip? And I said, getting to know what missions is honestly like. <laughs> so um, that's because missions is hard. It's difficult. It's real life in another place. I mean, like, it's no different than us going to work every day and making money and coming home and taking care of our family and then going and ministering to the people around us as best we can that God has called us to. That's the exact same thing they do in another country, only it's not their country, it's not their language, um, and who knows what kind of dangers they might have put themselves in to be there. So that's one of the big things we're going to continue to share. Um, one thing I did want to state is for those of you who don't know us, like Danny said, I'm Forrest Smith, and this is my wife, Esther. <laughs> um, I work for a welding company in Four Corners, and Esther works at a bakery, uh, The Coffee Pot, if you've ever been there. If you haven't, it's fantastic. Um, we have been married about a year and a half now, just about pretty close to a year and a half. and. Um, Let's see, we got here last semester at NBC. Not semester, last year. Thank you. You can butt in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got here last year uh, to come to NBC. We transferred from the Alaska Bible Institute in Homer, Alaska. And um, yeah, we just felt the Lord bringing us here that we should uh, come finish our degrees. And we are both looking towards becoming missionaries once we graduate. So um, we're very excited for that, and that's why we took the opportunity to go to Bolivia this semester. 
or last summer, in the summer. All right, so um, let me see where we're at here. So the mission trip. We took a mission trip to uh, Bolivia this summer. Um, we've both been on mission trips before. You've been to, I never remember the name. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I've been both to Nicaragua and Peru, and then also now we both, for the first time together as a married couple, went to Bolivia. Um, the, throughout the experiences I know I've had on the, the mission field, just three, which isn't very many, and they weren't all very long, um, I kept hearing this, this idea that kind of caught me a little bit better this last trip, which when I went to Nicaragua, um, we did a bunch of street ministry, and basically they used us Americans as a spectacle. You come, you get on a bus, and then you go jump around and dance. And then the people are like, whoa, crazy Americans doing dances. And then someone who speaks a language preaches the gospel. Praise the Lord, it works. <laughs> and you get to have a lot of fun as an American dancing and going crazy. I don't know, whatever you want to do. Um, that brings people to see you. Then uh, I went to Bolivia or not Bolivia, to Peru, and I got the opportunity to go out to the Amazon jungle, and we were building churches throughout villages in that, in that place, or whatever it is, in, yeah, in the jungle. And uh, <laughs> it was really cool. We actually got to build six churches in 10 days, which two different groups. They're more like pole barns, but it was pretty sweet. But anyway, we had this guy coming with us who was a pastor for a specific set of villages in the Amazon. So he was a pastor of the pastors of the villages. I don't know how that, kind of like, you know, the chain. He would get information that he learned from school, then he became pastor here, and then he oversees the pastors out in the jungle that come to him to get to learn, and then those pastors teach in their villages. And so what we were doing was building churches for those villages um, for him to be able to, I don't know, help out the village, continue to teach, to have a place of worship for them. So that was a great experience as well. Um, there's also a really fun story that you guys should talk to me about sometime. It involves a spider, a giant spider, a giant millipede, and a toilet. So <laughs> pretty fun stuff. Anyway, and then we got to go to Bolivia. <laughs> we got to go to Bolivia. And... Um, uh, Oh, let me, one sec here. Yeah, Bolivia. Um, we went to Santa Cruz, Bolivia with Nathan and Kaylee Kelm, and right down in Bolivia they are at the moment uh, working with a uh, Bible school down there that's training students um, to become missionaries out in the villages in Bolivia. So villages that are from, I guess there's a village out there that's like 5,000 people, which you think that's kind of like a town, but really it's in the middle of nowhere and they still live in dirt brick houses and stuff like that. So um, to, you know, villages of 500 people in the middle of the jungle or the desert or wherever else is in Bolivia. And all of these students come to this school and they spend three years training specifically for this with Ethnos 360, um, which is also known as New Tribes Missions. Um, and then New Tribes, after they've done their three years, decides whether they feel comfortable with them going out onto the field. And if they do, then they send them out to a village and... Um, students of the... Yeah, yeah, right. And they send them out to a village. So each one of the students at the Bible school is Bolivians. Nathan and Kaylee Kelm are not Bolivians. They're Americans. They're here from Grace Bible Church. They were sent, oh, eight years ago, I think it was. Eight or something years ago. And they've been 
through a lot from our understanding and learning about what they've gone through out in Bolivia. Um, hopefully, we'll get lucky enough to actually have them here in October or November, something like that. And so um, it's really neat. I actually I stole this off of Google because I couldn't get into their website because I couldn't find it. And so if you just Google them, you can find out all about their ministry. It's kind of creepy and kind of cool at the same time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they're out there right now um, training. Actually, I think they're on their way home here soon, but they're out there training the students every day with, with a bunch of other missionaries who are out there, some Bolivian, some American, some Americans who have lived in Bolivia their whole life, kind of like a mixture of people who love the Lord and want to see their, uh, the gospel preached. They want to see people saved, just like any of us do. Um, so I'm not sure. Ha. Huh. Okay. So here's another question. So this was a question that I wanted to answer that was another one on the little debrief sheet, which was, what impacted you most about the trip? And this was where the Danny, uh, talk with Danny and I and Esther came in, was uh, it was the Kelm's heart for the people around them. So we, on our way to Bolivia, got stuck in both Chicago with Esther's parents, which was really fun, and then also in Miami for two days with just the two of us. And that was fun for us, but at the same time, it wasn't that fun. I mean, we're trying to get to Bolivia, and we're stuck in Miami, which is basically mini-Mexico or something like that. Everybody <laughs> speaks Spanish in Miami. I don't know. So we went there, and we were the outsiders anyway. But um, I had a lot of thoughts on my mind about the homeless, about giving, about serving people around me, sharing the gospel, all those types of things. Because in Miami, the big city, there were homeless people all over the place. There were, you know, people who were hungry, laying on the, you know, in the street and finding a place to sleep. And we had people who, one guy, we were at Walmart, finally made it to Walmart. We figured out Uber and we're like, hey, we can get there. And uh, <laughs> um, this guy, and I mean, he was a little bit, I don't know, he was homeless and he was going around and he was hungry. So he was yelling, can you give me some food? You know, he's just walking around yelling to anybody who would, I mean, he's a little out there, but, um, you know, and then it kind of br brings these thoughts to my mind anyway, like, okay, you know, crazy guy coming or walking around yelling, hey, can I get some food or some money or something like that? You know, it's not really the most pleasant experience. And uh, I don't know, am I supposed to be okay with this guy? Do I? You know, talk to him. Do I give him money? Do I not? Where's the protection boundary? Is he safe? Is he not? All this, all these kinds of thoughts run through my mind, especially being newly married and having to be a protector and all that kind of stuff. I was more distant than I would have been maybe back in Homer when I was single and I hung out with homeless guys every now and again, which was pretty fun, <laughs> especially when they're drunk. They tell you everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was going through our mind. So when we got to Bolivia, all this stuff is running through my mind, and I had told Esther about it. And, um, and I got to experience how Nathan does it out in Bolivia. I mean, in Bolivia, there are way more homeless people, way more people who are poor, who can't eat, hungry. Um, they don't live in very good conditions at all. Uh, we were in Santa Cruz, which was the... 
that big city of circles. It's all in big circles. And um, it looks kind of nice, you know, from here, but it's, it's not that nice. Um, just like any third world country, it's, it's pretty rough um, and pretty dangerous. Um, so, yeah, had all that going through my mind. And what impacted us the most on this trip is to watch them live, basically. Watch them do what they do every single day. So every day they wake up, you know, they have family. They spend, he spends time with his family. He spends time with the Lord. Um, then he has his students and the friends around him who he gets to teach, who he gets to preach to, and teach them in order so that they can become better uh, servants of the Lord. And then his fellow laborers, the other people around him who aren't always nice. I mean, we don't always get along with our coworkers. But, I mean, just get to watch their... Uh, interactions, how they communicate together, how they um, commune with one another, and how they teach the students uh, together in unity. It was pretty sweet. To outsiders, um, so the people we were, this is one cool story that really hit me pretty good. We were at the town square um, in the middle of Santa Cruz, which has a really big, cool Catholic church, but it's because they steal everybody's, never mind. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, they have a really beautiful square, and a lot of the places out there in Bolivia do. Um, but uh, Nathan had met this guy a couple months before, and this guy came and told him, hey, you know, uh, my car broke down. Or I can't remember. It was either his car broke down or he got stranded in Santa Cruz, and he's trying to get to a certain place. Um, and someone stole his luggage while he was looking for a cab or some, something like that. I can't remember how it went. And so then he came back, had no money, had no, none of his stuff, which, okay, fair, legit story, right? He met that guy a couple months ago. So we went to the square, and we're hanging out with him, and here comes this guy, and then Nathan goes, I think I know this guy. I've seen him before. So he went up to him and talked to him, and he gave him the same exact story. No different. And so, of course, me, and I mean, just, I would normally think, well, this guy's definitely a scammer. You know, he's, he's trying to get your money so that he can get off for free or something like that. So you don't want to give him money. But then again, he has been living on the street and he is homeless, but he's, I don't know. Anyway, what hit me most is what Nathan did is he went and he had a conversation with this guy. He got his name. He got what's going on in his life. Um, he started to build a small relationship. So he, he, I think he actually remembered his name from the last time he met him, too. It's cool. Nathan has this little booklet, and he writes people's names down so that every time he like, sees a face, he can flip to it and go, where did I see them? Who are they? What's their name? What about their family? What about their uh, relationships and all these different types of things? Where do they work? Where do they go to church? Do they or don't they? Um, lots of those kinds of questions. So he went and he talked to this guy for a long time. And then what surprised me is he gave the guy money. I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, right. Give a scammer money. Who's asking for your money? But you know he's a scammer. I mean, he didn't give him as much money as last time, but he still gave him money. <laughs> and I was like, that's really interesting. And so as time moved on, every, um, every time we passed a homeless person, like 90% of the time, he didn't hesitate to give money. I was like, okay, 
this is sweet. I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, same with one of the students. Um, I, each of us, while we were there at the school, we were helping the students learn about languages and different cultures and things like that. And I had a student who um, knew a little bit of English. That's why he's stuck in with me, because I know zero Spanish. And um, he, he's a pastor out there. And he's training to become a missionary in the jungles because he doesn't want to be a pastor. This guy was pretty cool. He was like 32 years old. And since he doesn't want to be a pastor, he's got four friends in the church that he's training to become elders of the church so that when he leaves, one of them can become the pastor and the church will be set. And he's doing this by himself um, just through the teaching of all the people at this school and then through the support of some of the people at the church. He's kind of making this work, which is pretty sweet. But same with him. Every time we went out, he would not hesitate to give to the poor. Someone would say, hey, need some money. I mean, you can obviously tell sometimes when people are like scamming you or just trying to get money off you or, you know, those signs that say need money for drugs, you know. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But they didn't care. Um, they, they didn't. They just gave their money. And um, I had this other idea that I was going with while I was trying to study and see what I was going to say here. And I went and talked with Dan and Danny in the weight room and kind of changed my mind, which was really good because I came across something that I learned. And it's in James 2. So if you're ever looking to learn something new, James 2. I mean, anywhere in the Bible, of course. But So I would actually like to turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. So this is, I got this idea from um, the guys as I was talking with them, looking at James and also at Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount about love your enemies and things like that. And so I kept flipping through the Gospels to find what, I mean, pretty much the same thing, but all in one nutshell. And this is what we came to, um, Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. So I'll read real quick. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Powerful message. Um, things that strike me in that message, and I just wanted to share, is, I mean, give to everyone who begs of you. 
I never thought of that. I mean, people, when you go to a city, especially in cities, and even here in Bozeman, when you go to Walmart or somewhere else, people are begging all the time. But how many of us every day just kind of turn the other cheek? You know, not turn the other cheek, but, you know, like look away or try to, you know, miss them. But God doesn't do that. And we're supposed to be like our Father who's in heaven. So why do we do that every day? I mean, I don't, maybe not every day, but, and some of us may give, some of us may do those good things, but I mean, I know I've done it a lot. And this hit me very hard when I seen them uh, just kind of presenting their lives in a way that showed God's love to everyone they went to, no matter who it was. It was very powerful, um, very, I don't know what you say, it, it changed both of us, in the way we think about how we're supposed to act around people, give to people, share the gospel with people. Um, I mean, some of the things they do, uh, there was a fruit stand, and this guy, and Nathan Kelm goes to this specific fruit stand every single day, every day, because he wants to talk to this same guy, be get in a great relationship with him, share the gospel with him. He goes to the same vendors, he goes to the same... It, everything to maintain relationship so that he can further share the gospel. I know I don't do that. When I go to the grocery store, I go in, I expect to get the stuff and go out. I don't really ever talk to the cashier. But what if I did? What if I talk to the cashier, see how their day is going, get to know them, still be respectful of the people behind me who want to get out? Um, you know. But what if we just began to do those kinds of things? Get into people's lives. Share what God has done in our life so that they might see that and want the same thing in their life. And then they'll, maybe God will... I know there's, there's all these... I'm sometimes confused about it, but um, the Lord opens the eyes of some and He doesn't open the eyes of others. But that's not on us. Our job is to... to be good to be like our Father is to everyone, all the time, no matter who it is. And so um, that was kind of the talk we had, I guess. <laughs> so that was the biggest point. Um, the reason the idea of missions to our own people came along was because in Bolivia, the best missionaries they had for the Bolivian villages were the Bolivian students, not the Americans. We're rich white people, and when we come there, since there's been so many generations of rich white people who just, you know, give, 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 which is good, which we're called to, it's good. Um, that that's exactly what they expect. So in your giving, be wise, but um, that's exactly what they expected. So for the Bolivians to come in as Bolivians and share the same lifestyle, the same heritage, the same growing up, it was a great, greater opportunity for them to share with those students um, the gospel in their lives because they would actually see it as you haven't had the comforts of America or this place and that, but you're still one of us and you love God and you found God and I want to hear from you, you know? And then same in, in um, Peru and Nicaragua, I've always heard that the best, the best missionaries to a certain people group, even in Africa or Europe, is their own people. So why not us 
to our own people. Americans are the best missionaries to the Americans because we understand them, we know them, we know their lifestyle, we know how money works, we know how cars work, we know, all, we know their life. We are Americans. So why don't we show Americans in an American way how God helps us? So um, I still got 10 minutes. So wow, that went really quick. That was the big, the big thing that I wanted to share today, that we wanted to share today with all of you guys. Um, I had a couple more pictures, not of Bolivia, not of, it, this is going to be a little fun, but um, I'll just read about what I was actually going to do, what I had thought about doing, which was, yeah. You only have one minute. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, 11.50? Oh, I did perfect. Yeah, right here. All right, then thanks, everybody. Um, yeah, so please remember to uh, serve the people around you, to love the Americans as an American. Remember to just be as your father is. So let's pray, and then we'll take off. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today and this opportunity for us to be together here to worship without fear and with um, just the opportunity to read out of your word, every one of us having a Bible, Lord. And uh, just help us to continue to seek your face to be like you and your son, Jesus Christ. So thank you for this time. Thank you for your love for us. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.